Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 407. We've got a fabulous guest. We've got Violet Diaria with us. I probably butchered her name, but I'm notorious for that anyway. I'm going to let her introduce herself. I've also got my um, new co-host, Adrian, with us, and he's going to be my full-time co-host in July. And we're really looking forward to this discussion. Um, Violet, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure. I am Violet Diayala. I'm the founder and CEO of FemCity, and I'm very happy to be here. And Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Adrian. I am the CEO and founder of Groundhog Marketing Automation for WordPress. And I'm also happy to be here. Okay, that's great. See, Violet, well, the reason why I thought it was great to ask you to come on the show, because we we specialize in e-learning and membership sites and building online businesses through membership. And I've... I've been watching you for a while and what you've been doing with Fem City, and you know, I didn't want to get somebody that was too big, too, you know, a real big personality, but I wanted to get somebody that's got success, but still to some extent in the trenches about, because this phrase about building communities knocked around quite a lot, but I wanted to talk to somebody that's actually has built a community, a physical and then online community and what it really does require to do that. So can you, first of all, tell us something about FemCity and why you started the business? Sure. So FemCity is actually on a mission to help women across the world launch and grow a business. And we started in 2009. And honestly, when I first started FemCity, I really was doing it for my own personal gain. I wanted to kind of have a a safe place to meet with women entrepreneurs that were growing and launching businesses, kind of like a pseudo um, hybrid of not only networking, but also using it as a focus group and a, and a kind of a community of support as well. Because I, I have been an entrepreneur since the age of 22. I know it takes a lot um, of grit to kind of continue on the path of being an entrepreneur, but it also requires a really good circle of influence. So those people that are around you that can not only inspire, but introduce you to people that would help your business grow. And that's really how we started FemCity. When we started doing the local gatherings in Miami, we started getting a lot more women because we were posting pictures on Facebook. We were getting women across the country asking for a Fem City chapter in their backyard. And at first I had no idea what they were talking about, really. Like, if I'm going to be honest and like straightforward, like I didn't understand why they were requesting it because clearly we were just gathering and anyone can do that. You know, anyone can kind of pick a couple of friends and gather together. But I think what they saw was more profound than when I initially thought of FemCity. They were seeing a very uh, beautiful, diverse group of women coming together of all age brackets, color skin, nationalities, backgrounds, and just coming together 
really for the intention of helping one another out in business. And so after the fourth or fifth time someone asking me for a Femme City chapter, I thought to myself, you know what, maybe this is a um, kind of like a higher calling. Like maybe this is something that I need to move forward in. And I started kind of putting that together. And I had learned from owning my, uh, I had a Pilates studio for about 10 years. And when I went to franchise that, I had made um, quite a few mistakes because I launched it as a hobby business. And so when I went to franchise it, there were two different mindsets and two different processes and operations. And um, I always told myself if I ever was going to launch a business, it would live beyond myself again. You know, like I wouldn't ever make that same mistake of branding a business around me, but I would make it so that it could actually serve the world and, and live beyond with what I was capable of as just one person. And so I launched from City Fort Lauderdale that did really well. But then I thought, well, it probably did well because it's so close to Miami. Um, you know, it was kind of like an overflow. So that's not really a good um, testing ground to see if this is actually something that the world needed. And then we went ahead and I posted something on LinkedIn. Someone responded. We had no website, no membership, no business model, nothing. Like just nothing. And um, she went ahead and launched from City Philadelphia. And that did really well. So that was a community that I had not even visited. I had no connection there. And that's when I knew that that calling that kind of sounds kind of hokey pokey, but that calling that I felt really propelled me into launching more and more cities. And, and we've evolved, you know, so when we started, it was just the lunches. It was just this kind of very simple format. We've definitely have evolved into not only being there as a local support for women, but also then teaching them classes. So we have an online um, series of classes that we just offer on every topic, you know, whether to how to generate more followers on Instagram, how to generate revenue on Pinterest, how to even get started in business. What are the fundamentals of even launching a business? So really all we do all day long is try to create classes and community so that we can really fully support women that are taking those steps, which are really scary and launching a business. That's great. Over to you, Adrian. That, that's brilliant. I've actually, I, I was, uh, I got the email that you were coming on and I couldn't help but but think that I, that I've heard of it. Have you ever been involved in the Infusionsoft community at all as a as a business? Um, I don't think so. My think, own personal curiosity. Yeah, I think I may have done a partnership with them in a an article writing or something. I don't know. I I don't remember. But it, yeah. All right. I, I was I was just curious. Um, but uh, you had mentioned so did you actually started your um the actual on the ground, in-person kind of portion of the business first before you went into online. Is that correct? Absolutely. So the reason why we went online, it's actually an interesting story, is that we were we hired a lot of little communities all around um, the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And one of our members was working with Google at the time. And they reached out to us and said, hey, we have this new uh, platform called Google Hangouts. We'd love to teach women how to use this for business and how to create also Google Circles. And... Um, and so that's how it started, actually. We, we started having Google teach these classes for our members. Wow. And the feedback was so uh, amazing because they were like, this is what I need. But I need this not only for Google. I need this also for like, how do you start an Instagram account? How do you go ahead and create a cover for my YouTube channel? How do I even do like an IG story? So it really, that, that Google partnership that we had years ago was really like the leverage into getting more into that digital online classes where we have experts come in and teach classes. Because we know when you start a business, you don't have, a lot of us don't have billions of dollars, right? We have like, 
two pennies to rub together, or we have like a full-time gig and we really have this dream of launching this business, but we don't have the backing. We don't have the resources. We didn't, you know, we didn't work for Goldman Sachs. We don't have millions, like we don't have daddy writing a check for us. So how do you do that? And that, that Google partnership was really what made a really big shift for us. So uh, when you were actually making that shift, how did, what was it, was it easier? Was it difficult to move your membership from, from on the ground in their smaller communities? How, how did they, or how did you sell that, the online membership portion of this, which was kind of like the next phase of your business? How did you sell that into, into bringing and onboarding them from the ground into your, your paid programs and, and all of that? So actually it was added benefit to the membership um, already. So what we did is okay. we, we started adding more and more and we just kind of started to bring that in. And we always felt like, how much more can we give? What more can we do to serve women across the world? And so that's our, our mindset and our thinking process. And so when we do that, we really just bring it in as part of the membership. We do have a couple, like I do these round tables and they're extra, they're like $75, you know, if you want to join. But for the most part, everything is included in the membership. So they pay and they have access to all of these, you know, features. Some women really just love the local, you know, kind of getting together. Human to human connectivity is such a luxury these days. So that might be a reason why someone joins or someone may have listened to our podcast and said, you know what, I really like um, their vibe and let me check it out. And then they'll see that we have the classes and then they might join because of just the classes alone. So that's really how we kind of incorporated it. It wasn't uh, one or the other. We kind of just brought it in and kind of beefed up our membership benefits. Awesome. Back to you, Jonathan. So um, are you still finding that most of the people join because they get referred to you to the kind of physical chapters? Or are you getting more people actually signing up because they found you on the internet? We're finding still that we're getting more women joining because of the local communities. And I think it's because of our our viral, organic kind of grassroots marketing where women are posting pictures of our gatherings. You know, maybe they've attended as a guest and, um, or they've joined and now they're part of that community. So they'll post it and tag it. And then other women are seeing that and kind of intrigued, you know, so we'll look at it and kind of look around and then go over to our website and then they'll realize, oh, they have 125 or 130 locations or sometimes we even get women that launch a chapter because of a photo that they've seen. So I feel like that is still the strongest. And again, I go back to that human connectivity is so important in business. You know, we kind of more nowadays lean towards that digital place. But at the end of the day, people still do business with people they like and people that kind of feel like they do or kind of sound like they do. Like there's something about other humans that we connect with that makes us feel like, oh yeah, I can have a business relationship or I can get inspired because this person kind of has a story that's similar to mine. And so it makes it more family feeling. All right, thanks. Over to you, Adrian. I think one, one of the holy grails for especially online businesses and businesses with memberships or, or for example, I'm a plugin developer for WordPress. And one of the holy grails of, of kind of like seeing your success grow is building a community that surrounds uh, of what, what your product, whatever, whatever it is that you're trying to sell and, and, and creating people or, or an environment where it's not necessarily just the business helping the people, but it's customers of the business helping customers of the business. Uh, so I would love it if you could share with us, uh, especially before you were on the internet, what was your strategy for, before we had sharing on Instagram or Facebook or before any of that, what was your strategy for just going out and, and, and how did members actually go and, and find you and become part of that community? So, um, excellent question. So in 2009, when we had our first Fem City gathering, I really, um, the first one that we had only had 20 women 
And that was more me handpicking women that I felt would really benefit from this. Then those 20 women shared it with other women. And by the way, I think our first event was awful. So like I'm sharing that because sometimes we launch something and we go, well, that didn't go over so well. That that didn't turn out like perfect. So it was awful. It was boring. Um, But those women found value in it somehow and then shared it verbally right? The, the word of mouth is still so important, so powerful. And then um, it grew to like 60 women and it continued to grow. I think back then, all we really had was like the Miami Herald and we would put like a little blurb in the community calendar, which is free. Anyone can do that. Um, it's still pretty very strong way to promote any events that you have going on. Uh, we used Eventbrite also. Eventbrite was just getting started. And that was a tool that even though they didn't have the robust SEO that they do now and the community, um, it did definitely help us get into the vision of other people that were kind of searching to see what events were going on in networking. And, um, and really Facebook, my son had actually gotten us on Facebook. It had just, Facebook was brand new um, for me at least. And really just that really did help just adding those pictures really helped to capture the feel of FemCity. And that really helped to help to get people more talking about us. And then it just kind of started spiraling in growth after that. Brilliant. Jonathan? Yeah, I'm fascinated you say that because I was thinking back when you said it was bore, the initial one you thought was a little bit boring. Because um, until I, I got into the world of building membership and learning management systems from my clients. I used to get most of my clientele locally um, in Northern Nevada. And I used to go to a lot of local networking events. And the majority of them were pretty boring. (laughs) Um, Really quite awful, actually. Uh, um, How did you, after that first event, how did you... Would, did you consciously think about branding and culture? What you were, or did it just gradually appear a kind of individual culture for your business? Uh, I so I, I hated networking too. By the way, I I used to work for um, when I started launching or started doing Film City. I was working as a PR marketing manager for the spa and fitness. Uh, club here in the Four Seasons. And so the company paid for me to go to all the networking events, the the la-di-da, the $500 of tickets, the $200, I mean, whatever I could go. And I felt the same way. They were always so cold and detached and they might be fabulous. Like the drinks might've been fantastic and the drop and the red carpet and, you know, but I always felt like there was something missing. It just felt so cold and calculated and then also spammy. So you always had those people that were like throwing out their business cards or like just, you know, assaulting you with their marketing, you know, uh, conversations. So I always felt like that too. So I can appreciate that. When I did the first FEMCity event, I made sure to incorporate just my more of a calmness and more of a, of a vibe of just connectivity. The second time I did it, because the first one I thought was really boring. The second time I did it, I added p- like components that I really felt like I would have wanted as someone who was attending. So I would have wanted the, I, the platform to share what I do. You know, among 60 women, I'd love to stand up and kind of just give a shout out to my firm. And I'd also like to hear a speaker, like, but someone who's real and on the ground, not like, you know, someone who's been sponsored, right? Someone who's going to sell me like all these call to actions. I wanted someone to like really share amazing content that's going to help people move up in their business. And um, so that's how really it started. Actually, the second event that we did, I actually added too much 
So I added two speakers and then this commercial component. And then we had 60 women. So then that was a little bit of a nightmare too. You know, I don't think it was perfect. But as the months continued to go by, I kind of perfected it. And I'm also, I'm a huge advocate in listening to those that you serve. You're asking them the questions. Because when you, when you approach your, your potential client or your client and you say, I don't feel that it was perfect enough. Tell me what we can do better. You know, how would it feel better for you? And little by little, we started adding more gratitude components. And I think that Femme City has the vibe it has because we have it part of our format where we not only share gratitude about ourselves, like some sort of goal that we achieved or some client that we finally got, but we also close it out with a gratitude shout out for any woman in the world. Because I think those are two pieces that are missing in our world. The moment where you have that kind of, you can pat yourself on the back and say, you know what? I'm exhausted. I'm tired, but you know, I did an awesome job this week. I nailed that project or that presentation. And then also that verbal gratitude for somebody else. I think society is missing that where we just stop and say, you did an amazing job or you really helped me get that client. And I'm just so grateful to you. So we started embedding that in that business model, which has never been done, right? It's very rare for that. But I think that's what makes Fum City so different is that we just honor others, and it becomes habit. And then now we feel more comfortable to say kindness to ourselves, and then kindness for others outside of just a Femme City gathering. Oh, that's great. We're going to go for a break, folks. We'll be back learning some more about Verlet and how she managed to build her successful business, Femme City. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've had a good chat. I think we've been delving into some important things. Over to you, Adrian. Uh, so I just I, cl- I clicked on the locations page on your website, and I'm literally looking at, at dozens upon dozens of locations, which is just incredibly impressive for anybody you know who, who's looking at trying to build their own community at the moment what but you know go, going to that size or growing to that size rather you know what what kind of growing pains did did you experience that other community builders might be experiencing right now oh my gosh so many so <laughs> um like in every every business that you have actually we had a, a meeting today in miami and we talked about this so i think anytime you're looking to scale outside of yourself Um, there are more challenges. And I think also when you up-level, so I'm trying to share my knowledge as so it can pertain to everybody. I think sometimes when we um, get to a certain point in our growth, we kind of breathe a little bit. And then all of a sudden our site is set on something a little bit higher, which is a natural tendency for humans, right? We accomplish something, especially those that have grit, especially those that have like that hustle vibe, um, then it's constantly going up this ladder towards this really ultimate dream that we have. So every bracket always includes, and I wish someone told me this, um, every bracket has its own set of challenges, whether it's how do you get the funding to do more hires? How do you deal with slow generating revenue months? How do you um, change your process? So, you know, we've intentionally paused our growth 
to make sure that we were sturdy enough in the foundation in order to go ahead and add another 100 locations. And we just kind of got out of that intentional pause a couple months ago. So now we're preparing for a really busy fall season where we'll maybe try to get to like 300 locations. But I think that if someone had told me that at the beginning, I would have felt more normal. I felt like I was alone in that. I felt like I was, when I was intentionally pausing, people that weren't seasoned in entrepreneurship or seasoned in growing a community did thought that was stupid, right? Like, why would you do that? You should be growing as fast as you can. You should be taking all the money you can get. But I never wanted it to be something that failed because we grew too fast or that we weren't prepared for the growth. And talking about like website and, and kind of all these like membership, you know, features that we have online, we needed to make sure that that was really sound and sturdy so that we can now say, okay, you know what? We're ready for the next batch of growth, which would be, you know, 100 or 200 locations. Or maybe now, you know, we're looking at launching in Europe. What's that going to look like? So um, I think there's, there's always been challenges, just like every business, you know, funding. Uh, we didn't get billions of dollars funding, you know, surprise. Um, we didn't, um, you know, I made mistakes. I had created businesses in the past, but the businesses were never globally scalable. So I may have had one or two locations, maybe some satellite locations, uh, that, you know, having it so that how do you have a brand that has that same vibe and energy around the world that had some more stuff to it. Um, and also, you know, as technology gets better and better, how do you streamline your process so that you um, can spend more energy in the marketing PR development side and not so much bogged down on the more administrative or the, um, the nuts and bolts of the behind the scenes kind of stuff. So it's like a little song and dance, but it's a balance and you just have to um, feel out where you're at, where you want to go. And then are you ready for that? Um, and then the challenges will come. They will always come. You know, I think I think that the what you just what you mentioned about you taking taking a pause after you reach a certain milestone and then you know coasting a little bit, planning out your next step and and taking that that break. You know, as I try and build out my own community, I, that's you know that's something that I'm probably going to heed a little bit because I think I think that's brilliant. Um, taking taking that pause is words of wisdom right there. Uh, back to you, Jonathan. Oh, thanks. Well, it, but it, I've noticed, and I, I don't know if you're going to agree with this, that businesses that have two elements, like you've got your community, physical community base, and then you've got your online. I find with a lot of businesses that have those two elements, that one is great and the other is slightly forgotten, slightly not, doesn't compare with the other one. So either they really got a really great online presence and some of the attention to the actual physical meetings declines or it's the other way around. Would you agree with that? And how have you dealt with that? Or do you feel that you're dealing with that? I think the blessing for us was that we were able to stabilize the local market first, that format, that structure, that feel, we were able to get that really solid. And I think you're right. I think a lot of businesses add services, right? Because they, because one person asks for a certain service and they're like, oh, that's great. We're going to go ahead and just create that. And that's now in our shopping cart, or, you know, our e-commerce. But I think that then all of a sudden it starts watering down all the other things because they're spreading themselves too thin all over the place. And I think when we start thinking about whether it's adding on a new project or a new service or a new platform, whatever it is, you need to make sure that your, your butter, right? The one that's actually the foundation of your organization is solid. And that you have it like clockwork. 
because then you can really focus in on having the same expectation on the other services that you're adding, because that would hurt you so much if you um, had one that was a little wonky and then you were like, oh, let me add another one. And then that's kind of a little wonky too, because you're kind of still thinking about the first one. And then now all of a sudden you're adding like three. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing that. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is if you can, whether it's even 50 businesses that you're launching or two projects or whatever, as you add on the secondary and the third and the fourth, you really need to make sure that that first one that's bringing in the money, that's the one that's providing for you, that's solid. Is it really solid? Can you delegate? Is it so uh, locked in with the process that it doesn't have any hiccups anymore. It's just like, it's so smooth that you can now take your attention on something else and then work on that until it's at the same caliber. And then you can add the other ones. I think a lot of entrepreneurs just like, you know, we're spirit entrepreneurs, right? We're passionate about so many things. So then all of a sudden, and then we're exhausted. And then all of a sudden the stress sets in and then our clarity goes down because we're so like overwhelmed that if we just focus on the one and get that, we do have then the energy and the ability to then launch the other ones so that they're at the same level. Oh, thanks for that. I think that's fantastic. Over to you, Adrian. So uh, one of the things that we do enjoy doing is, is understanding how the actual onboarding process works with various companies, the, the, the marketing aspect of it, with you, uh, if you will. So as, as a community-based product, what would typically be your your typical customer journey as it was to the point where they hear about you, to the point where you actually generate revenue? Are you talking about our leaders or our members? Uh, let's just talk about most people, uh, I don't believe, will be at the point where they have leaders, although that'd be awesome. Uh, but let's talk about a member. Okay. So, um, and the member, I want to share with you where we were and where we are now, because I I think that's a really important place also so that people can see how we've evolved. Um, When back in the day, uh, we had a website, it didn't have the functionality that does now. And um, people used to have to mail in checks. They used to have to like print up an application. Oh my goodness. Mail in a check. Yes. I know, like a pen, a paper, what? Yeah. So that's where we were. And now what we've done is we've taken the, um, all of the technology that we have now available to us and we've streamlined it so that the experience of having someone come in as a new member has everything they need. So in essence, they come in, um, they join. We have a 30-day free trial, which is, a, I think, an important thing to have because some people will feel like it's a family for them. Some people may not be ready. You know, some people may be like, you know what, I have these two full-time guys. Go- gigs already. I have six kids. Uh, you know, I have my parents, I'm taking care of them. So uh, this is not for me right now. But if you give them that 30-day trial period, um, that's a great way for them to go ahead and test your membership base. And then what we do is we do a series of emails that go out to them to give them almost homework, almost like steps. So here are the things that you can do because there's so many benefits. So we broke it down into steps. Here's one place. Here's how to get started. Here's what you're going to do today. Two days later, they get another email. Here's another batch of really great resources for you you know, a couple of days later. So they have the information in like bite-sized pieces. We also then, when they join, it reverts back to um, a page that we've created just for them. And it has it all very simple. Um, People like very simple things now, very small characters. And um, it has literally boxes that they can choose if they want to go ahead and take a class, if they want to propose a class, if they want to attend a local event, they want to meet someone. So we have it all broken down very simple. And we actually have that page come up again. So when they log out, and they come back to maybe register for an event, it brings it up again. So they have the resources there. And then we also have um, 
a plugin with Zendesk. You know, Zendesk um, has the ability to ask questions 24-7 and also a really um, very expansive FAQ that has a search tool so that they're able to kind of search for what they need. We realize that people are busier than ever. Uh, people don't have time to read through pages and pages of information. And um, how do we give it to them in a very small, concise little way um, so that they have it there for when they need it? And everyone's at different points, right? Everyone's at different growth patterns. Some people are really just looking for local. Some people are looking for classes. Um, some people are just looking just to join something, to be a part of something, community-based. So everyone's got their own reasons. Is that how do you, how do you give them what they need but providing it to them in ways that they will resonate with it. I think it's, yeah, absolutely. I think it's like uh, super important that as soon as you onboard, you don't just leave it up to them to figure out how they're going to get value. You need to tell them how they're going to get the value that, that you offer. If you leave it up to them, they'll never find it. No. So I think, and I think a lot of, a lot of membership communities so, sometimes suffer from that. They're like, well, the content's there. Why aren't they enjoying it? You need to tell them where, where they need to go in order to be able to do that. Right. So and like tell them like 10 times too. Like, you'll, yeah. you'll, you know, sometimes we send an email. We're like, well, we sent them an email for, we have a masterclass series. It's free for them. And it's like amazing experts, but we have to send it like three or four times. You know, we have Honestly, to post it on Instagram. Right. Exactly. It's like, you know, maybe that day they just were reading the article and not the class. So you have to, um, you have to really kind of be of service to them and say, how am I going to really make sure they have this? Because it's important for them to know it. You have to, you have to be the engager. They're already overwhelmed with content. Just hopping on Instagram during carpool. You know what I mean? Like you're inundated with like so much that how do you, how do you make sure that you're of service to them? And it's really by catering it to them, like in a little kind of beautiful little package. Brilliant. Back to you, Jonathan. We're coming to the end of the podcast part of the show. Violet's uh, been um, really nice to us and has agreed to stay on and ask, answer some more questions, which you'll be able to see the whole interview with the bonus content on the WP Tonic YouTube channel that we post our interviews and our discussions on the YouTube channel first. Um, Violet, um, how can people find out more about you, what you're up to, and uh, more about FemCity? Sure. You can visit FemCity.com, and you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Violet Dayala, and um, I post a lot of Instagram stories there, and I'm always sharing tips on how to grow business. So um, it's kind of a blend. It's a blend of lifestyle and, of course, business as well. I want everyone to do well in business. That's great. And Adrian, how can people find out more about you and your business? Uh, so you can reach out to me at Groundhog WP on both Facebook and Twitter. Groundhog, by the way, is spelled with two G's at the end, so we could trademark it. Uh, you can also go to Groundhog with two G's .io to find out more about uh, our plugins for WordPress, our marketing automation, our email marketing, and how we can help small business grow. That's great. We'll see you next week where we have another great <laughs> online entrepreneur, business owner, prepared to share their knowledge with you, beloved listeners and viewers. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.